0: Hello welcome to another episode of the world famous podiatry detectives with myself Sherlock and the new gleaming he's got a nice new background uh Colombo hello Colombo how are you
1: I'm okay thank you how are you Sherlock
0: I am I'm great I am great um how let me let me educate the, our listeners and viewers how have the first few days of fasting been
1: um, First few days haven't been too bad. I generally like the first half of uh, the Ramadan uh, where I tend to struggle is toward the last 10 uh, uh, days of Ramadan when my energy level has like slowly depleted downwards. Um, but if I stay sensible and uh, eat healthy and eat uh, the right stuff um, then it's not too bad.
0: Uh, just to just anybody that's uh, listening or watching and wondering what, what we are talking about we both adhere to the Muslim faith and that means that during this month of Ramadan, we do not eat or drink for 16, 17 hours. So we eat at four o'clock in the morning and then we eat at 8.30 in the evening. Uh, it's my favorite time of the year um, and I'm sure it's uh, Torsi's favorite time of the year too. Uh, and it's an amazingly... Um, spiritually enlightening time of the year. So we are going to be talking about ankle sprains today and it is going to be an awesome presentation. It's going to go through so much information um, and we've got videos and we've got slides and we've got a lot of information. But before we start that, Misato Asif. Time to put you on the spot. Now, I've been wondering for the last few days what to ask him. Shall I get... I thought, let me be kind to him this week and then next week I'm going to be really horrible to him. So, actually, the next episode, rather. So, uh, everybody that knows you knows that you love cricket. You are a cricket mad. If you, could, if you could sleep with a bat and a ball in bed, you would sleep with a bat and ball in bed.
1: Definitely.
0: Tell me who your favourite current batsman and current bowler, any kind of bowler, any kind of batsman, anywhere in the world, who, who are your two most famous?
1: I'm gonna be, I'm gonna sound biased uh, um, I must say that uh, Barbara Azam, he's a um, Pakistani captain and um, a batsman. He is my current favorite batsman. Uh, um, and uh, in terms of all time great Shane Moon, but you said current, um, that takes me to um, Yathir Shah, He's a really good leg spinner. Um, and uh, I, I think Afghanistan Rashid, uh, um, Rashid Khan is a really, really good uh, uh, leg spinner. So, yeah, at the moment, they're, they're two of my favourite players.
0: Wow, we learned something new about the elusive Mr Torsif. OK, shall we start? One second. Uh, by the way, I am not a cricket nut, but... Uh, if I had to pick a batsman it would be um it would be um Ben Stokes just because I like his energy um I, I, I really don't know about bowlers uh I like I like uh, Jeffra Archer but I, know, I like a couple of the australian quicks as well okay so we're going to be talking about ankle sprains with a focus on rehabilitation this when i was uh composing this i spoke to uh, atosif and this could literally last for hours and hours and hours because it's such a vast topic and then uh he told me off, and he goes uh goes there sort yourself out you need to keep it a bit more concise so we've tried to keep it as concise as possible but there is a lot of information to cover
1: one of the things uh, um, we've been doing this uh, for a little while i think uh, this is our fourth or fifth yeah yeah Uh, yeah. and uh, one of the feedback which we did get from uh, some of my colleagues and uh, friends and they said that they are really long uh, to be able to um, keep track on and watch them and stuff like that and and I said it is really 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 difficult to keep them short because uh, if you start to basically cover uh, even each topic you can go on for like a whole day. we
0: haven't I mean Tosif you would agree we have we haven't even gone deep into each topic we've purposely and and so as purposely try to dial ourselves back uh with each one anyway let's get to the presentation for ankle sprains this is generally on the left hand side you'll see something that's quite acute so that's Mm -hmm. just just happened in a day or so and then on the right hand side of the screen that's been going on for about a week or so uh generally speaking you will get uh, i'm going to go through the mechanism of injury in, in a minute but you'll get a lot of swelling on the outside of your ankle pain swelling, bruising, they can't put their foot down properly, it's horrible. Uh, Would you agree? Definitely, definitely. Um, Now this is an interesting statistic. So in 2005 they did a study and they said 25,000 sprained ankles every day around the world. That's 15 years ago. I think you could times that by two or three. I think there's easily in the region of 50 to 70,000 ankle sprains around the world, especially when there's a lockdown and everybody's running.
1: Um, That uh, possibly even doubled in the lockdown because everybody I know, uh, they're running around doing the exercises, doing this that and everything, so yeah.
0: The interesting thing about this study which was done by Mango et al., um, et al., it was 30% of people who just used rest and ice alone still had pain after one year, which goes to show you the importance of appropriate rehabilitation. Um, would you agree with us if?
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I think uh, um, I can easily say that uh, 70% of my ankle sprains that I see in my clinical settings, um, they've had it for like uh, three, six or 12 months um, and they're still having symptoms uh, and that's when they come to see us. Only 30% of the acute sort of uh, ankle sprains that I tend to see in the clinic.
0: Okay so um, I'm going to briefly go through the structures now there's a lot of information here um, on the right hand side of the screen you'll see a classical mechanism of injury so it's usually on the outside of the ankle okay mm-hmm. so it's very very rare to get um, to to actually try spraying your ankle on the inside uh, in the other manner. Um, the most commonly affected structure is the anterior tiller fibular ligament the atfl but as you can see from the left hand side you can damage the perineals you can damage there are there's a calcaneal fibular ligament there's a lot of other ligaments a couple of things i want to really point out here is um you can from an ankle sprain where you can see the fifth metatarsal bone on the left hand side of the screen you can get a fracture to that uh, is called a like, avulsion fracture. So mm-hmm. the peroneus brevis is attached there. If you really sprain your ankle badly, you could get damage to that bone. Uh, the peroneus brevis can come away a little bit and you'll get a small fragment of bone that's
1: loose well, within there. I would the- actually demonstrate that on the thingy. It's just right here.
0: Uh, that's right, exactly. That's
1: the, base of, uh, that's the base of the fifth metatarsal and that's where you generally tend to get avulsion fracture.
0: Um, I'm going to go over some of the other structures on the inside, but would you agree that the ATFL and the perineals are probably the most commonly affected? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Now, hold on. (laughs) You can damage uh, damage, uh, structures on the inside of your ankle too? Absolutely. I had a patient recently who had a very nasty, uh, she had a very nasty ankle sprain. And um, she had almost exactly that x-ray where you can see there, where there's a little bit of the tibia, which is the bone on the inside, came away. And I I was wondering why she's not healing very well. She had to go into a boot, into a boot for uh, a couple of weeks. And the rehab is very, very slow. Um, So that can happen. uh, And it's... um, What also we have is we have...
1: sort of. So the inner side of um, the ankle sprain is predominantly what I've seen in the clinic is uh, associated with a certain activity. For example, if uh, um, sporting activity or um, if they're running and uh, they have basically misstepped, uh, uh, they're running on the trails and they've misstepped it and that's, uh, that's when it's very common. Uh, otherwise, um, the deltoid ligaments, which are the ligaments supporting the inside of uh, the foot, they're really strong, aren't they?
0: Um, true this particular patient of mine she was just crossing the road she wasn't doing anything and i think she had previous ankle instability which is why previous is injury if you're not treated properly and rehab it properly um if it happens again and it really gives way she damaged the inside and the outside she damaged the deltoid ligament which as i said is an amazingly powerful fan-shaped um fan-shaped structure and it has various attachments, and it is strong. You don't damage it very often. But she damaged that, and she got an avulsion fracture. Uh, so there was a lot going on. Is she's not the typical patient? Uh, it's not the, what what you just said. Athosif is the typical patient. It's the it's generally on the uh, outside from running or trail walking or hiking, playing football, something like that. Um, so do we need an X-ray? Ottawa rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To a room one,
1: one to explain about that. What I'll do is I'll kind of do a little bit of a demonstration. So, in terms of the palpation that we're actually doing, is that behind uh, the lateral malleolus, um, there are uh, you can do like behind the medial malleolus um, and uh, the base of fifth metatarsal, as well as navicular sort of bones, and these are uh, the general sort of sore points if you tend to find that these, uh, these are sore points as well as uh, patients can't uh, walk uh, for more four steps um, at home or in emergency departments, that's when uh, you start to basically think, right, we need an x-ray.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything what you've said is completely true. Uh, if you're managing this at home and you don't know where any of those bones are, don't worry about it. If you can't walk four steps, go and get an x-ray simple as all right if you can't do at least four steps um now (laughs) i love this slide i love it so much you know why because like within physiotherapy and medicine generally people love acronyms so when i first qualified it was how do we how do we manage a a injury and we use the we use we use the acronym price so that was (laughs) peace Huh? i
1: initially i used uh, the term rice then it went oh, to yeah. Rice. Yeah. Then it went to police, and yeah. i was peace and love i love the i love the, the the last one peace and love
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely so yeah i forgot to mention there is a there is there is a precursor to price which was rice uh and uh, so each of these letters stand for a different um modality of treatment so mm-hmm. Uh, protect uh, was the pee, rest, ice, compression, and elevate. Um, And then police was optimal loading. But peace and love, baby, peace and love. It's moved on a lot. And this is now, I mean, I'm doing my, I'm just, hopefully I'm going to finish my MSc in sports and exercise medicine. And they, the amount of external, external um, lecturers that come in that talk about peace, peace and love is crazy. Um, The main thing here, the couple of main things were they've said avoid anti-inflammatories. <laughs> uh, they've talked about educating the patient, which I agree. So about,
1: off, uh, uh, when you talk about anti-inflammatories you're talking about and. Stuff. I, so
0: this is what i was going to talk to you about I'm going to let, I'm, let me just finish this off and then i'm going to talk to you about this okay. so they talked about optimism like uh, we need to make the patient feel better about it so they heal and there is some evidence regarding this actually there's a load of evidence regarding that vascularization keeping fit doing some other activities so you can get blood flow going within the ankle so it heals completely agree now I have an issue regarding not using ice and not using ibuprofen because I think there is a place for it in the initial stages, Um, and I am I am I am reticent to say there is not. What about you, Doris?
1: Well, I I agree with you. I think uh, ice uh, plays an important role when it comes to we think about swelling, but uh, ice for me um, plays an important role in terms of uh, pain reduction. Uh, and that's really important, and uh, similar to anti-inflammatories, the main purpose is uh, um, the pain reduction and uh, the swelling. So, um, inflammation basically. But um, I would be happy to use paracetamols.
0: I mean, paracetamol is one thing, but they're talking about Mm -hmm. anti-inflammatories. I mean, I agree with compression and I agree with everything. Load is, I mean, we're going to talk about this anyway, but we do need to load the ankle early if you ever watch mean, we can't watch it now because we've got the COVID-19 bloody pandemic but when we watched a premiership football game if somebody injured themselves you would see them on the sidelines with the ice bag on their ankle or their knee now trust me when i say because i have met many of these premiership doctors because they've given us lectures um, these are the best best doctors and physios anywhere in the world i i I kid you not they are and if they're still using ice there must be a reason for it um but um this is how the management of ankle sprains has evolved now out of all of those things the most i would say the most important thing is you don't want to just elevate it and rest it and not do anything you want to try to load it so try and put weight on it even in a slot in in it Control manner as early as possible. Um, what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I think uh, as we're going to go through more uh, the treatment and rehabilitation processes, um, we can kind of uh, a lot of the time uh, when I see patients, and uh, the reason they don't want to load it is because a um, that it hurts, b that uh, they're worried about like making it worse. But if you actually educate them about uh, how to load what's the safe uh, sort of loads to work with and uh, manage the pain uh, along with it. I I think uh, it definitely makes sense. And uh, that's the way to go as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So I loved uh, Stephen Colby's quote. This guy's a author, entrepreneur, many different things now. So rehabilitation, where do you start or where do you want to finish? Now, I'm going to, I'm going to read his quote out to begin with the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination it means to know where you're going so that you better understand where you are now so the steps you take are always in the right direction now this this can count for many things in life generally a lot of different things in life but when it comes to rehab if i am if we if we are rehabbing a recreational runner or a marathon runner, or a footballer, or a rugby player, or a hockey player, or a cricket, a, a cricket player because you love cricket, or a slightly elderly person that likes to go on walks on some like cobblestones. We know where that destination is, we know where we want to get to. That really affects what we are going to put in place. Um, I'm sure you're going to agree with me on that, <laughs> I'm sure. yeah.
1: Um, my my rehab plan uh, is uh, geared toward uh, what patients want uh, the outcome needs to be so there's no point uh, rehabilitating somebody who is only going to be walking around and an elderly patient uh, uh, and expecting that they'll be able to do running around the block and stuff uh, so, so it has to be very specific and I think uh, it becomes the initial stages perhaps are similar to, to everybody, but as you get into the later stages of uh, uh, the rehab, it is important to have that uh, specific rehab for specific uh, outcomes. So for a runner, it might be a little bit different to a football player, to a cricketer, or uh, to somebody who is uh, doing long jump and stuff like that. That's
0: right, so we're gonna, I'm gonna talk about this in detail. Mm -hmm. Um, some of it I'm gonna skip over I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over it uh, briefly uh, but I will talk about how to specifically rehab different kinds of people now this is an interesting way to look at at rehabilitation the way that I think about rehab is when you've on the left-hand side you can see you've got an injury so um, you really want to focus on tissues this day you want to control pain uh, and then we slowly start moving through these stages to build a capacity energy release uh, we, then we start to move towards movement drills running training competition there's a journey now not as you just said very correctly not everybody needs to go on this journey yeah. some people can stop about four about um halfway through about about like four arrows in they, they don't need to go on these others can go need to go further up as i see as i uh as my phone ringing but let it ring let me just switch it off one sec this is the technical things that happen okay i'm back um you know it's I'm actually closed. I'm not seeing any patients. And this is my office, obviously, so uh, I hope they don't ring back again. If they do, I'm just going to leave it off the, off the, off the dial altogether. Um, so this basically tells you the paradigm that we work within. Um, and it's, an, it's adapted from the, um, Lancaster's paper from 2009. Um, do you think this is a good way of looking at Absolutely.
1: Uh, I think it's thinking, a very yeah? systematic way of looking at it. And uh, I, I think it's really important to kind of uh, explain this to the patient um, and uh, saying that this is the journey we're going to actually um, go on very periodically because a lot of uh, these uh, elite sort of um, players who want optimal performance they want to get there uh, tomorrow don't they?
0: Yes Um, and what I haven't mentioned within these slides is the importance of an MDT team. Now you spoke about this when you spoke about where you work uh remind me again
1: movement uh, therapy clinic
0: movement therapy sorry it's, it's my old age is catching up with me uh movement therapy clinic but involving an mdt team for a uh, elite athlete is vital uh although me and Tosif can do a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the role of a physiotherapist but it's always good to get the input of physiotherapy uh, our colleagues especially those that uh, specialize in rehabilitation um, so we moved I mean that's the overview I'm going to talk about specifics now um, this is looking at more specific things that we may do during this and what you may notice here is I'm also thinking about fitness so if you can't what what we don't want to do is is affect their cardiovascular fitness so we've got to find an activity that they can do that they're not weight bearing heavily uh that could be sitting uh, on one of those arm bikes could be doing um swimming that's not putting like with with uh with um uh, swimming we got to find a stroke that's not going to be putting too much pressure on the ankle so we have to experiment with that um,
1: um i've but, seen so many recreational uh um people who do like sports, running as other, a other recreation, um, that they get like one injury and then they just completely stop. Yeah. Completely stop and don't do anything at all. And when they come to see you and they think that, oh, okay, I don't do anything because my ankle hurt. I said, what about your arms? What about the upper body? Can you go mm. to the gym? Can you do knee exercises, hip exercises without actually moving? Uh, the ankle too much and then they think oh okay I never thought of uh, that and it is really important isn't it
0: yeah i mean they can do open chain exercises where they're not um putting weight on their feet um it is very very important but not all i mean this this slide specifically is for uh, running in a straight line um linear running but it's um not everybody needs to go on this whole journey uh but if you if we are rehabbing a runner we need to move beyond uh just the initial rehab that we are going to talk about and we need to start thinking about incorporating different runs on different surfaces mm-hmm. uh, because a runner that's running on a trail run will will have different demands on their ankle compared to someone who's running on a on the pavement for example mm-hmm. or on the grass uh, completely different demands placed on structures um now this is an interesting paper from mania et al 2018 <laughs> it talks about grand reaction forces so that's the amount of force going up through your body when you are doing a movement now in a rugby player you can imagine it is not the um the like, the, like soleus, which takes a lot of the strain at the, like, initially which is a muscle deep down in your calf muscle uh, takes a lot of the strain but you can see how Everything else is involved. Um, so, I mean, we've got the we've got the knee, we've got the hamstrings, we've got the glutes, different glutes, the glute med, the glute max, and the adductors. We, when we are, when me and Tosif are, are rehabbing athletes and patients that are involved in, in multidirectional sports uh, like rugby or cricket, uh, not cricket. Cricket is very, very linear. But uh, rugby, football, hockey. Then we need to think about a lot more than just that ankle joint. There's so much more we need to think about, uh, which we're
1: going just to, talk to about. just to educate you about cricket, Abid. Um, yeah. cricket isn't linear. Um, it is li- linear. <laughs> when, when it comes to like bowling fast, um, it's okay. not linear. When uh, it comes to like bowling spin bowl. Uh, it's not linear when you are fielding Uh,
0: I I would give you one thing when you're fielding you can have change of directions now when you're bowling when you're bowling it's not there's a change of direction you've got more like torsional so this is that you are right so there's a there's a different kind of shearing forces being placed but it doesn't um, it's different to suddenly having to change direction uh but that
1: definitely is different to it, but uh, when you are fielding um mm. you can because the ball doesn't really come to you nice and straight it jumps up it just moves to the left it moves to the right so so um, uh so you have to kind of change the direction,
0: <laughs> direction. Has for cricket yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay i so, i will concede i will concede that cricket should we should also be thinking about a holistic view for cricket? I completely yeah. concede. Thank you. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the types of rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Now, Alfredson program in 1998. These are the heel drops or any eccentric program. You can do it for patellar tendonitis as well. Um, yeah. Where you're where you're stretching, aren't you? You're, you're yeah. basically elongating it. Uh, That was one of the first ones that really took on uh, eccentric training. Then uh, Silbernagel in 2007, um, he did one for Achilles and Pertentonitis. And it was a mixture. It was a mixture of concentric, eccentric, so that's up and down movements and plyometric. I am a big fan of uh, Consgrad, 2009-2010 papers. It was heavy slow resistance. I'm a big fan of that. So
1: Um, for me, um, I use Alfredson uh, in initial stages uh, when patients are uh, finding it like uh, things are painful and uh, lengthening off the echolese is generally quite well tolerated as compared to uh, the concentric um, uh, movement. Uh, but uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, heavy slow resistance is uh, my go to.
0: It's, it's the like, it's, for me, it's the, it's the daddy. Because if you can make them stronger, that'll, that'll uh, prevent this happening again. Yep. I, will, um, I will put an asterisk here, because I would say in the initial stages, rather than eccentric, I am doing isometric. So that means-
1: Yeah, the- I, I mix it up with the isometric. It, it all very much depends on what patient can tolerate. Um, so, so that's where I would, uh, I would look at. If a patient cannot tolerate eccentric, uh, then um, I, I would go with the isometric. Uh, by the way, um, an isometric movement um, is when you are loading um, when you're loading the structure, but you're not actually moving the structure. So eccentric loading is when you are lengthening the structure. So when you're doing the heel drop, you're at least lengthened um, and uh, eccentric and concentric is when you lengthen and shorten. So that's uh, that's the difference. So you can stand at the edge of the uh, this stays and just bend uh, like uh, get your heel drop down a little bit and then you can just hold so you are loading at least a uh, uh, tendon there but you're not moving it so for
0: for the ankle sprain we, i i i tend not to do my eccentric in that way i'm doing it in a slow i, I, I want to get them into a certain movement which is like getting into inversion or eversion and That's trying it. to get them to, uh and we'll talk about that a bit later um on the right-hand side, you'll see the different types of rehab programs for tendinopathy. Mm-hmm. Now most of this, we've already been through regarding the, uh, reducing pain, building from functional strength and power. What number five there, which is developing short uh, stretch shortening cycles is basically, it's that introducing, it's that, introducing that like plyometrics are hopping. Yeah. Different types of hopping and different multi-directional off different kinds of surfaces, off a higher surface, off a lower surface, maybe using sand, maybe using a foam cushion, many, many different types. Mm-hmm. We want to develop that um, that kind of uh, that ability that it can it can stretch and, and shorten rapidly, uh, that rapid movement, so it can maintain it can maintain a structural integrity during. An activity. Um, is there anything that I've missed out? See.
1: Um, it's a good way of assessing and um, uh, seeing where patient is at and uh, uh, when we have uh, no pain uh, people think that right I can go running, I can do this, I can do that but uh, doing plyometrics um, can actually tell them whether they are ready to do what they can actually do and what they can't do. Um, so I use that as, as an assessment. If somebody tries to Say to me that if I want to go do, do this. I want to go do that. I get them to do my plyometrics, and that's when they tend to feel the difference that I'm not ready yet.
0: Hmm. Not quite yet. That's what the government keeps telling us about the lockdown, isn't it? No. Not quite yet. Okay, so Bob Marley. If you don't start somewhere, you're not gonna go nowhere. So we need to start somewhere. There's nobody talking about Bob
1: Marley songs.
0: Yeah,
1: I I do it. I do it
0: for you. <laughs> Are you going to sing for us, Ossie? I've been <laughs> trying to sing an Etchuman song for ages. All right, so four stages of rehab: peace and love, baby. Well, so peace, peace and, and love, love to anything.
1: If you give peace and love to anything, it gets better, doesn't it?
0: That is true. That is true. So, uh, using the previous acronym where we talked about the different things that, for peace, um, protection, elevation, exa- um, so on and so forth. Um, but the aim is to reduce swelling and restore tissue homeostasis, basically meaning we we wanna get the tissues to uh, get the correct blood flow going through it and to reduce the amount of um, water and uh, everything else that's going on within those tissues. Now, I'm gonna try and play this. Ah, it's not letting me play. Ah, okay, so just for you to see if we made videos. So before, I'm gonna, I'm going to play it, but I'm gonna, I'm going to, uh, let me, let me uh, make it mute. So this is one to three days after the ankle sprain. And it's very important that you know what your aim is. At this stage, I'm not trying to build strength. I am, as we said before, we're trying to reduce pain and reduce, uh, and we are trying to start to appropriately load it at this stage too. Mm-hmm. So if I just move this video on a bit, we you will see I am now, I'm just literally with my funky socks, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just moving. <laughs> I'm moving my. So- I'm just moving my foot left and right, and I'm doing. This, I'm doing mini circles, and the idea is just to get some movement going within that, within the ankle joint. Uh, and then and after that, looking, I at,
1: looking at your ankle, I think you yeah. have reduced mobility. Why don't you make <laughs> an appointment with the podiatry clinic? And we
0: I, can... uh, I can't find a good one. All right, so. <laughs> I, I what well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go back a little bit there. So what I showed there was grabbing a towel, putting around the ball of your foot, and stretching. At this stage, you're not only you're going to be stretching your calf primarily, but you're also going to be stretching your entire ankle um, uh, mortise and your complex. Also, then as you'll see when I'm going back, I'm putting the towel on the floor, trying to pick the towel up, I'm trying to move it, uh, just trying to get some movement within the ankle. And then what you'll see later on is I am now, I'm just shifting my weight while you're sitting down. Just shift your weight towards the injured ankle. So in this case, it's on my right angle and I'm just shifting it that way. So I'm appropriately loading it. I'm not asking too much. If you can, then you can just briefly get up for a second while you're, and put weight on it. If that's too much, just this much movement in the first three days might be enough now not everybody needs to go to do this uh, prescriptively some people can start walking in day two yeah. uh, but others can't uh is there anything you would like that you do differently to what i've just no. showed them in
1: oh, the well, first I three uh, it says ball of foot pain like our last video that's
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, right is there? Is so, there anything
1: I, that i think you've uh... You've basically mentioned all the exercises that I would do. Um, the main aim is, uh, as you mentioned, there uh, reduce pain, uh, restore tissue homeostasis, and what you're doing is that you're kind of moving the ankle, inverting, everting. Um, I you can try you writing A B C with it, um, yeah. and. Uh, uh, that's a one good way to kind of mobilize your. Uh, so mobility is the main issue here. Uh, we're not building strength. We're not building uh, um, any miraculous sort of uh, um, ability in your ankle in first few days. All you're trying to do is just uh, keep the mobility going.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So let's move on to stage two. Now, i uh, will just pause this. Now, uh, hold on. I'm back on. Okay. Now this is day four to. Day 10. Uh, here, the aim is we want to start improving strength. We want to initiate some uh, proper reception, neuromuscular input. Sounds very complicated. It's not. It's essentially meaning I oh, just want to get some balance going. Right? So by this stage, the swelling should be really coming down because you've done that peace and love or rice, please, <laughs> all of that. Uh, you, you've, you've done all that and the swelling is going down quite a bit. Um, but it may still be swollen so I'm gonna mute this again uh, now what you'll see me here is I've got a long green teraband band here and I've got it around my foot and uh, I put my foot down all the way and I'm holding it and then I'm, I'm pushing it out so I, I would do it in two different motions I would do it with the foot completely down and the foot completely up because you're working different ligaments when you do it uh, and um, I would do 15 reps, three sets. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show you again where I'm doing it that way. Um, before I show any more, would you agree with uh, with that? Would you agree with that that particular? At day four, we start to use a teraband
1: Yeah, uh, and again, um, I'm very much uh, a believer of. Uh, I don't know whether you've uh, seen these things or not. Uh, where uh, how much pain during an exercise is acceptable? so yeah. uh, like zero to four is acceptable four to seven is um is when you get an indication that you need to change something that can be either frequency that can be reduced the numbers that you are doing um, the strength of the theraband um, lots of things can actually come into you, which can basically means that right you need to reduce that a little bit or keep it there and then if it's seven plus that tells you not to carry on with that exercise because uh, um it's too painful and uh, Not to carry on with that exercise so I tend to get my patients to follow that paradigm and that's how they progress
0: absolutely completely agree with you it's the vast scale Mm -hmm. Uh, I do normally say tell me how you're feeling the next morning if it's an zero to three that's an acceptable if it's four maybe we need to dial it back and you are right there are different colors terabands Mm -hmm. and the different colors tell you how much how dense it is. Uh, I'm gonna move this video on a little bit more. So um, we, this now, this exercise works on the structures on the inside. This actually works on your tibialis posterior, but it also works on other structures uh, because we do need to also focus on the structures on the inside because it may be that you never had enough strength on the structures on the inside, which is why you compensated on the outside so we need to take that holistic view um would you agree yeah totally okay so what what we're doing here now is i am now introducing some single leg standing now when you've had an ankle sprain you can't even do this for about three or four seconds because it's that painful this is where you have to start building this up so we we let me just play this on Um, and i'm just i'm just trying to um, like stand if you can get it up to thirty forty seconds, you're doing great, absolutely great. But what I what we find is generally they can't get it up that long. They can't they can't stand on their one foot for that long. Um, one of the other things I'm showing you here is a single leg heel raise. Uh, also very good. It builds up strength in your calf muscle, but it also helps the structures in your ankle also and builds some some strength. Also, I mean, I just discuss-
1: asked. Sorry, now to add a couple of things here, that uh, when you damage your uh, uh, ligaments, uh, one of the things which uh, gets affected is proprioception, the ability for you to kind of understand where uh, um, in the position that you are in terms of your ankle. Um, and uh, what happens is that people who have it as a long term or have not been seen, and one of the paper that you actually quoted that after a year, they still have pain. And I think it's because of their inability to strengthen, but develop that proprioceptive sort of um, control, which leads to that discomfort, pain, and it it's keeps happening again and again, and that's very important. So where it's important to build strength, proprioception exercises um, are uh, uh, key in terms of developing uh, proprioception as well.
0: Absolutely. So what you'll see here is me doing... Now, this is a general calf stretch but instead of holding the stretch what i'm trying to do is i am doing some mobilization i'm moving in different directions uh and this gets gets that joint capsule moving in different directions which is what we need to do uh uh what i'm also going to show here is this may be closer to day 10 where i'm getting them to walk on their tiptoes down Mm -hmm. in the front room or then walk on their heels you wouldn't do this at day four so so what i'm showing you there is a progression from day four to day 10, the kind of exercises you would do. Um, let's move on to stage three. Now, here, I'm really, I wanna get away from that kind of teraband I wanna get that kind of tera working, I wanna get more into uh, weight-bearing exercises, so I'm trying to build some real functional strength and get some progressive load going here. So what you'll see here is, taking me from day four, that was me, could you hear that audio then? <laughs> Uh, so, okay, there you go. So I'm on, I'm on a foam pad there, which makes my proper reception very hard because it's a lot more harder to maintain on an uneven surface. Now, if, if I can get, if I can get them on a beach or somewhere in the, on sand, it's even great. From there, I've moved on to a foam cushion, which I find it, I find this even harder. Um, it's and it's 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 even it gives you you have to really work on the proper reception just doing that and standing without doing any exercises is quite hard you can i mean i'm going to show you where we can add in a star excursion exercise while you're doing that uh but it becomes harder and harder so that's a wobble ball of, uh,
1: in order to kind of mention and progress uh, really safely um, they need to be ready for the next stage because uh, If you go on to wobble board straight uh, straight away thinking that you're going to strengthen the ankle, um, you can make matters worse can't you?
0: Absolutely, Uh, there's got to be an uh, exit criteria for each stage. Uh, Generally speaking that's why it's so important to come and see me and Tosif. (laughs) We need to assess you to to make sure you are you are fine to go to the next stage. Uh, Although we are showing you a rehab program here each stage has got certain markers now what I'm showing you here is the start excursion exercise where you stand on one leg you reach out and you're trying to aim for 12 o'clock one o'clock and move across now initially put your foot down but if you can if you're really good you can just keep your foot in the air Uh, and obviously I'm doing nine o'clock and moving across that's actually quite difficult
1: I mean Um, I don't think you're really good
0: i I'm I even though I demonstrate it almost every day I'm not brilliant you can see my knee going in so you can see that I've got weak a weak glutes there <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's not great but again, uh,
1: once I, again I, I'm gonna give you a number for uh, the podiatry clinic oh one two one two eight five five six five six you uh, <laughs> check you advertising
0: your clinic all right I'm not I'm not gonna be like him and advertise my clinic so go <laughs> to those. All right, he's better than me anyway. All right, so look, I'm doing, I'm doing the foam cushion uh, start excursion exercise there. So you can do that same start excursion exercise on the foam cushion. Um, now, what I'm showing you here is what runners should do. I like them doing the swing yep. straight across and across their body. Um, I learned this from James Dunn, actually, which <laughs> I wonder uh, who's an awesome like, running coach. Um, but I do, I do think that running across the body is great and i briefly talk about orthotics here now <laughs> orthotics i think have a place at stage three and i like to have wedging put on the outside of the of the orthotic <laughs> uh, and uh that helps to take the strain off the structures of the outside and gives you that window of opportunity uh is there ah there's another exercise that i forgot to talk about so before I, this is another kind of band, which is a short band, And you put it around, the, around your foot, you get onto the balls of your feet and you're moving across. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're really putting stress on it. It's, it's, if you've got swelling in your ankle, you're not going to be able to do that at all. All right. So this is one of the, one of the criteria it has to be that you have no, you have pain-free range of motion at this stage. So these exercises may be closer to day 16 uh you may start off with just standing on your foot at day 11 on on a foam pad but when you start moving towards a a wobble board or this kind of exercise or start excursion you're looking at day 18 18 to 21 something like that um have i missed anything out, Joseph? no okay great stage four (laughs) okay we are now really thinking about getting some strength and develop him that, that like a reactive uh, stretch um, shortening cycle. And let me go through it. So, I have got there in my hand a, t- a ball and what you should do is either get some, I want you to stand on one foot again, either get a partner to throw the ball at you, you're trying to catch it and maintain your balance. Also, just throw the ball against a wall try and catch it as you'll see me doing there and I catch it. So that's really f- forcing you to put a lot of strain on that foot and that reactive strength, right? So you're not, you can't, you don't know how that, that ball's going to bounce. You have no idea. You have to react quickly. That's what you want to build up within the ankle joint. Uh, you can do that on a foam cushion if you are really brave. Uh, this is day 21 plus. This is prevention goes in here and just, just juggling it because forcing your eyes and your brains to do something else, your brain, to do something else while you're standing on one foot can become very hard. Now, I've got a medicine ball here. You can do this with a dumbbell or a kettlebell, but we, you should, actually, I've got it in the wrong hand. Move it across a bit. I'm talking to myself. Thank you. Move it across, move it across. Okay, now it's in the right hand. So you need to do uh, a, um, a single leg um, Romanian deadlift. But it's, you basically, you you. You want to put the, uh, the actual weight down and up again to get some strength going in that ankle joint. Uh, I'm going to move that forward. And now we're talking about getting a stepper. So we want to get some like, reactive strength where you're quickly going up, quickly going down. Also building up some uh, reactive strength. Similarly, I want you to jump down. Now, this is a controlled height. This is not a really high, high. It's not a box jump where (laughs) I'm I'm getting you to jump on one foot. So, that you want to move that on. But very quickly, uh, when we go into the latter stages, hopping. Yeah, I look quite good in that t shirt. (laughs) Well, um, sometimes I I found myself how hot I look. Anyway, so when (laughs) I'm jumping,
1: I was going to add a guarding mechanism. So, when we have an injury, um, we always try to guard the area don't we and yeah. uh, I've had uh, several times I had uh, this conversation with the uh, with the runners and stuff like that and uh, they would say to me that uh, right I'm ready to do this and I'm ready to go out and it's amazing how many times that you get them to jump up on the uh, on a step and then when they're jumping down there is that definite sort of hesitation and they're just not ready for it um, and, you just, uh, and it's amazing how when they basically um, rehab properly and they get to a stage when they are confident, they jump off like that. And then they think, "Right, I'm ready. I'm ready now." But uh, uh, that little hesitation always gives me. I um, think that I need to work more. Uh, like they need to work more on um, on that.
0: Now, not everybody needs to. I completely agree with you. Um, completely agree with you. That's why we start off with. We go from control to chaos this mm-hmm. is my, this is always my always my thinking i want to go from a rehab program where everything's controlled i've got a step height that's controlled but then i, w- I want to move towards chaos where things are yeah. changing and they have to they have to adapt not everybody needs to go through stage four mm-hmm. uh, this this stage may be suitable for some people not everybody needs it like i wouldn't get an elderly person doing some of these exercises yeah. um, but runners i would um and footballers and stuff like that but um let me move on because we are coming up to an hour already um bonus stage of rehab this is we are talking about sport specific activity i i was tempted because i love this i really love this i was gonna really go to town on it and i'm thinking i'm not gonna have enough time um this is one of my passions because i see so many elite athletes now um this basically goes through what we do what we what we would do in the acute stage i might some of my athletes have got access to their own private pools i might get them to do stuff in a private pool uh and then i'm trying to get them into some pitch based football and rugby players some pitch based drills okay mm-hmm. um and some uh my later i would get them into some like a slalom running and different kinds of pitch based drills now, this goes into more of a progression for plyometrics. I'm not going to go through these two slides. It will take forever, That's absolutely ever. But what I do want to say, and Tosif would, I think, would um, agree with me, is that when we start plyometrics, it's not that we're just going to throw you into plyometrics. You've already mentioned how we're going to progress them through prior like like plyometrics. Plyometrics. There are different. There are different. Stages of plyometrics. We'll start off with something slow eccentric. We'll start doing some squat jumps, depth jumps, box jumps, uh, and we'll make it into we'll get it into real chaos. Um, would you agree with me? Yeah, definitely. Brilliant.
1: All dependent that on uh, um, on on the patient and what they what we will be trying to achieve.
0: Absolutely. Now, final thoughts. Um, first of all, the first thing there the road. Sometimes it's not always smooth. Well, uh, well, now, uh,
1: running, running. Uh, who was
0: that? Yeah, who was that? Who was that guy? That, was it. Tom Groom. That was it. With the, with that chart, yeah, that and he got people think it's going to be like that when it's really like that. Yeah, that Tom Groom. Awesome guy. Awesome guy. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Uh, sometimes you you're, you're going to have ups and downs. It might the actual rehab. Sometimes we might tweak something, and we might have to go back a few steps. Sometimes it'll go well. Um, even with all the best will in the world and with the two of the best providers in me and La'athosif in the entire world, we still may, uh, we still may get things wrong. Uh, and that's with the best will in the world, because we're not watching you do the exercises when, when you're doing them. and, uh, structures sometimes heal at a different rate.
1: Everybody's uh, different, everybody, uh, heals at different rate and, uh, yeah, uh, compliance, uh, I, I think uh, compliance with the exercises is a real issue for me. Um, when I'm dealing with the high-end um, athletes, not a problem. They, they actually overdo it rather than uh, underdo it, and they're very particular and they're very ridiculous. Um, but then when you're dealing with somebody who is just a general patient who had a sprained ankle and uh, as soon pain uh, disappears, They just don't want to carry on uh, and they just don't bother uh, with it and I I still think that they need to develop that proprioceptive and the strength and conditioning even though that they're not actually participating into uh, any running or any other activity they still need to have enough strength and proprioception ability to be able to do a normal day-to-day life activities. Yep,
0: Uh, Tosif have you ever ultrasounded these? Please. well i have
1: i've actually had a recent um, a walker who basically um twisted the ankle and i have ultrasound him a uh, few times um uh, at the initial stages at the acute stages absolutely pointless um perhaps i don't have the strongest machine uh, the best machine to be able to find that uh, but uh, again i don't think it was um it is successful because there's a lot of swelling you're not going to be able to penetrate through to look at the, t- these tiny little uh, um, uh, structures. Um, in more in latter stages, yes, um, you can identify um, ATFL and uh, you can have a look and uh, see whether uh, there is a tear and uh, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, you can do it, but uh, I think you, you gotta be looking at MRIs uh, to have a look at it in well, real detail.
0: So I'm gonna briefly talk about imaging here. Um, okay. You are right. In the initial stages, I'm not ultrasounding it. Um, if they're if they're an elite footballer or or athlete, they may just go for an MRI. Yeah, or so be that um, somebody that has the means to go for an MRI straight away, uh, privately. But in the latter stages, yeah, definitely. I've got better at ultrasounding the ATFL. I used to struggle with it. Um, ultrasounding the perineals great. I can do that. Uh, some of the structures are a bit difficult to ultrasound.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the, and uh, stuff like
0: that They're quite different. we're going to talk about that but one of the things i'm looking for in the ultrasound is is so i put my ultrasound probe right on top of the ankle and i'm looking inside the ankle joint i'm trying to see how much fluid or neovascularization there is there so one of the things we're looking for is an osteochondral um, defect or something they've they've done something to the talus um they've done something to the tibia there's an if there may be a reason to ask for an x-ray or an mri um syndesmosis high ankle sprains do you s- i don't see many of these
1: I don't uh, see many and i don't think they're very again they're very specific to the injury or the mechanism of the injury aren't they
0: yeah very um yeah i i've i've yet to see them um i've seen case studies of them but i have maybe because i'm not dealing with that particular demographic it happens a lot more to basketball players and American footballers and different kinds, it's a different kind of ankle sprain. And it usually happens from impact. Maybe some rugby players may be getting syndesmosis injuries. Uh is, is this a three, three structures on the outside yeah. of the ankle further up. That's exactly where he's pointing. Just yeah.
1: there.
0: Yeah. Um, orthotics. Now I touched upon orthotics. You tell me about orthotics.
1: Um, for me, I, I think uh, when I'm doing the assessment and, uh, if there is any contributing factors where I feel that uh, um, this is the reason why they possibly are getting the um, ankle sprains, then I'll probably address that with an orthotic or I do a short-term orthotic to basically assist with their recovery.
0: Completely agree. I I will actually get them into an orthotic quite early uh, just to offload them, a semi-custom orthotic with some wedging on the outside of the orthotic um you have to wear left and right the other one that you haven't injured won't have the wedging but you need to have something in the other foot otherwise you're going to cause discomfort in your hips um but orthotics are very important i would put a proviso in here sometimes i'll put them in a boot uh depending on how bad the swelling is. injections um do you do you use injection therapy for for ankle sprains not a lot not a lot um i do <laughs> um, I find that oftentimes there is so I do injections into the into the sinus tarsi because I find that they'll get discomfort around there uh, around they'll get sinus tarsi impingement mm-hmm. from an ankle sprain and then I'll do a high volume injection into that sinus tarsi. Please show everybody where the sinus tarsi is. Those teeth on your foot. Uh, hey, there you go on that side there. Um, I very rarely I inject the perineals but I do inject the perineals I I'm not I'm not afraid of injecting them if I because I think I know what I'm doing
1: well um, I do think I think the uh, the important thing here is that uh, if you've got access to the ultrasound machine um, and yeah. uh, you can um, do a guided injection then it's not a problem Um injecting sinus tarsi is not a problem uh, you can do it blindly with your eyes closed but uh, um, you know, for the well, when I'm blind,
0: not everybody else can please yeah. don't try it at home on your own, <laughs> so Steve said you could do it blindly with your eye
1: closed <laughs> with regards to ligaments and uh, tendons and stuff like that, I always like to do a guided injection um it
0: is not it's for ankle sprains. I try and avoid it uh, huh. and this is normally if i'm injecting it's been like. 18 months two years and it's not getting better and then I'm thinking all right I need yeah, it's to
1: more advanced sort of uh, stages when you've tried everything else but they're just not getting there um, and uh, that, that's what I would consider but I don't do a lot
0: now just, uh, just to put a like proviso in here the, a lot of people can function very highly with no anterior fibular ligament which is the most commonly right. ligament mm-hmm. in uh For an ankle sprain, many primitive footballers don't have an a t f l um, but we're trying to treat pain here not um, that's the main thing because if we can get rid of the pain, they can get their function back, and just breaking that pain cycle can be great surgery
1: surgery again um, it's very much dependent on uh, um what we didn't really talk about uh, in the there the, are the grading of the uh, sprain so so the early sprains where there's just a bit of stretch, then there's partial tears and then there are complete tears. And um, if there are complete tears, uh, then uh, surgery is an option. I, uh, In some cases, again, it's very specific I, to the patient.
0: I think the only time I may send them for surgery is if they've damaged the bone. Mm-hmm. If there's uh, if there's bony damage and it's not getting better, we may send them for surgery. I, I maybe I'm too conservative. Maybe I don't know. Maybe um maybe if we spoke to some of our surgical colleagues, which we have a few of, maybe they would say, just get him in the operating theatre. Forget all this nonsense. I um, I don't know. I, I I have I I'm not going to say I have a lot of knowledge regarding it. Um, I don't even know what surgery they would do for it. Um, but I think usually it's not required, but I do know of some footballers that have had surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other final thoughts to see if that, anything I've missed that? Because you did uh, quite, rightly, quite rightly say that I missed that, the, like, the like, grading system. Is there anything else that
1: we should have talked about? No, I, th- I, think, um, I think we covered it quite well in uh, quite a bit of depth. Um, and uh, I think if one, if somebody needs to take one thing from this, um, and that is that uh, it's a, it's a gradual uh, process where you uh, progress gradually with your rehabilitation, and uh, pain uh, uh, reduction does not mean that there is functional and there is power and there is ability there for you to do the activities that you've done previously. So make sure that uh, you do sports specific exercises um and rehabilitation before you get there otherwise uh, the likelihood of uh, this happening again is there
0: absolutely um there's myself and colombo saying thank you before i finish um i want to say um if we are rehabbing you and you are involved in a sport that involves cutting so that's football uh, um i'm going to mention cricket rugby all of those then we need to start thinking about a pitch based rehab. So getting into some like slalom runs, into some uh, sub sub uh, maximal cut runs, and then maximal cut runs, uh, acceleration, deceleration, lateral running. We we really want to prevent this from happening again. Um, well,
1: just to quickly give you an example, um, uh, like with regards to the cricket, because I had uh, I had a fast bowler as well as I, I had uh, a gentleman who is a batsman, but uh, he feels at the slips. So when you're fielding at slips, you're like constantly jumping toward the right or, or the left when the ball edges and it's a sudden sharp movement. And uh, being on the, on the ground, uh, using different techniques to be able to get them to be ready for it is really, really important um, to prevent the injury happening again. And um, as, as you rightly said, that it is important that they spend that time and for me personally it's that confidence thing as well when you've done it in practice and you are uh, um, you feel that you're there then you're confident enough to be able to perform that in a, in a stressful match performance uh, match uh, situations
0: absolutely i mean that's
1: exactly what what
0: we've been saying that we want to take them from control to chaos yeah. um, and so the way that you rehab that guy would Have been different to how I would have rehabbed a footballer because he's he's first of all in this in the slip, he's going to be in a semi squat position waiting yeah. for the ball, mm-hmm. and then he, he's 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 weight trans his weight transference is going to be very, very quick depending on which side is going on. Um, it's so yeah, you
1: to catch the ball, you see, so kind of just going into the air to catch the ball, so the power needed to be able to just from a static position so if you're running and then you're jumping it's different the power needed is uh, is different because you've got momentum behind you when you're static in one position and then you generate that sort of power the power uh, needed is a lot more
0: goes to show the importance of seeing the right person for rehab absolutely okay so the next episode which is going to be on thursday is going to be to see if he's leading it yeah. Heel pain. I'm looking forward to you to doing this, exclusive. So it should be um, interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I think um, it's going to be an interesting one um, as heel pain. It's something which we see pretty much uh, um, all day, every day as a podiatrist. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the aim of uh, the next talk is that I'm going to kind of mention different types of uh, heel pain, but we're going to be focusing toward predominantly plantar fasciopathy and the rehabilitation uh, and what patients can or people can do at home. To get themselves better
0: great great i'm looking forward to it absolutely looking forward to it uh thank you very much for listening and watching and we shall speak to you soon great take it everybody